0: Hello and welcome to Fatal Films, a podcast surrounding the women of mystery. Each episode will look at a movie or TV show written, directed, or made famous by a female identifying artist. We're your hosts, Laura Celeste and Lacey Cannon-Gonzalez. Stay tuned.
1: In this episode, we look at the 2018 movie Assassination Nation, written and directed by Sam Levinson, starring Odessa Young, Suki Waterhouse, Hari Neff, Abra, and Anika Noni-Rose. To get us started, here's a synopsis. After a malicious data hack exposes the secret of the perpetually American town of Salem, chaos descends and four girls must fight to survive while coping with the hack themselves.
0: At the beginning of this movie, they give you a lot of trigger warnings. So I'm going to give you the exact same trigger warnings that that they give you at the beginning of this movie. So trigger warnings for this episode are bullying, Blood. blood, abuse, classism, death, Drinking, drug use, sexual content, toxic masculinity, homophobia, transphobia, guns, nationalism, racism, kidnapping, murder, attempted murder, the male gaze, giant frogs, sexism, swearing, torture, violence, gore, weapons, and fragile male egos. If there's anything else that we missed,
1: I'm sorry. And you are much more observant than we are.
0: So this movie came out in 2018. In that year, Meghan Markle married Prince Harry... The Miss America pageant announced the end of the swimsuit competition. Women were allowed to drive in Saudi Arabia for the first time in history. The Winter Olympics were held in South Korea... After a 32-year search, the Golden State Killer was apprehended. The number one movie was Avengers Infinity War. And the top song was God's Plan by Drake. I still haven't heard that song all the way through. When I was researching for this, I've never even heard of that song.
1: It was really well known and made famous because in the music video, he just goes around and gives people stacks of money. It's like God's plan, God's
0: plan. That's all I know. Do they get to keep them? I assume. That's cool. It is cool. So I just want to let y'all know right away, this movie has an R rating and it earns every second of it. The language is very strong in this movie. And so this is a very explicit episode because we're not going to censor ourselves at all. So don't listen listen. with with kids in the car. Yeah. Or at work, unless your kids or your work are are cool. cool. (laughs) We did not plan that. <laughs> anyway, so you may hear the F word, the P word, the okay, C word.
1: The P word. First of all, there's a lot of P words.
0: Putt, put, put golf.
1: Yeah, you might hear a lot about putt, putt, golf <laughs> in this episode. But yeah, there might be some expletives dropped. So just prepare your fragile ears and your fragile minds because we're about to rock them.
0: I was just letting people know in case they didn't want to listen to this episode. Yeah, and that's totally fine. Did you you just cheers your microphone with your cocktail? I did. (laughs) It makes no sound. Okay. Yeah, we will give our cocktail recipe at the end in case people don't care about that. So if you want the cocktail recipe, listen to the end.
1: Also, check Instagram because we might change it because we've had a couple of incarnations of this
0: cocktail. That's true. Or just fast forward through the entire episode to the end, and get the recipe. Which some of you might do anyways. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know your life. So, Assassination Nation. Let's talk about it. All right. so this was one that you brought to me. Yes. I remember seeing the previews for it and thinking, oh, that looks cool, but then I never saw it. It was like in and out of theaters really fast. Mm -hmm. And then you were like... We have to cover this one.
1: Yeah, I felt really strongly about this movie because it portrays women in a really rare light, I think. Because a lot of times women have to fit this archetype and the stereotype that is projected by the Hollywood machine, whether they're aware of it or not. But this one, it really shows teenagers and teenage girls in particular how they really are in a lot of ways. Because watching this, I saw a lot of myself in this. Granted, I might not have been as uninhibited as these girls in the, in the movie are, but I definitely know girls that were. But it's not something you see. And I thought that the way that the director and writer Sam Levinson kind of portrayed what toxic masculinity does and what what the witch hunt mentality can do I thought the way that he portrayed that in the movie was so smart because it makes it tangible and it makes it so relatable and understandable and you can see clearly how seemingly rational people can go to irrational hysterical masses in a day and I mean right now we are going through the coronavirus scare which is just in its infancy So I think that there's something fitting. Granted, it's different topics. I think there's something fitting about talking about mass hysteria right now.
0: It does seem very timely. I'm not going to lie. The first time I watched this movie, I was like... You did not get it. This was okay. I didn't... And okay, here's the thing. I don't have to relate to movies exactly because there's a lot of things out there that I don't relate to but I was nothing like this as a teenager or a young adult. I mean okay in college I did my fair share of partying but mostly I ended up like singing the songs to the Muppet Christmas Carol at full lung capacity in somebody's living room versus like booty dancing. I will withhold any building on that story. Thank you. I appreciate it. Because we've all had those moments that we don't want to remember and we're just not going to go there. But anyway, needless to say, I was a fairly awkward, still kind of am person. Yeah. So I wasn't going out in rooms and hooking up with people and wearing booty shorts, um, which... There's nothing wrong with that. That just wasn't the experience that I had. Right. So it's harder for me to relate to this. When I watched this for the first time, I was like, people don't act like that. That's not how people act. I never had friends like that. Oh, contraire, mon frere. But apparently people do act like that. So... A hundred percent. So to me, it was so foreign that I could, and I still can't really relate to that, but I can relate to the ideas of people wanting to blame you for things or looking at you in a certain way just because you're a woman and saying, oh, this is your fault Mm -hmm. that it gets into later. And, and also the fear that comes with just being female.
1: Well, I think there's something that we all can relate to in this movie talking about making judgments, especially on the internet in this day and age. Sounded like an old fogey there. How many times has there been a story about a woman? Something happening. I don't know what it what necessarily, but like something happening to a woman and people going, well, what was she doing? Well, she shouldn't have put herself in that situation. Well, I would never do something like that. I think this movie goes to show we all act and do things that are quote unquote unacceptable and unsavory it's not a reason to be blacklisted or villainized it also shows how quick society and how quick people are to judge and vilify particularly women when they have no concept of what's happening
0: this movie wastes no time with anything it is a very bright movie It is a very jarring movie. It is full of vibes. All the vibes. And it starts off with a voiceover from Lily and she says this is the story of how my town Salem lost its motherfucking mind. This story is 100% true. And then it goes on to give the trigger warnings that we gave and all of the words are in red, white and blue.
1: Now really quickly before we do- dive in, it says this story is
0: 100% true. What does that mean to you? It is not a true story in the fact that these are fictional characters mm-hmm. and the story is fictional, but it is 100% isn't true for the characters. Like what she's saying is that she's not embellishing on it, that this is what happened to them.
1: I think building on what you're saying is it's also not an embellishment on what's happening to women every day and what has happened to women. So maybe the characters are fictional, but and, and maybe it's not to the extent that is portrayed in the movie, but women face this kind of judgment and scrutiny every day.
0: Well, there's a lot of things that happen in this movie, like people are referred to as like homewreckers and whores and, there are women jumped by groups of men and things like that. They so, lose identity over their bodies. They lose um, possession over their bodies. Those are 100% mm-hmm. things that happen to women all the time in many different countries. So
1: when I when I hear, at least for me, and I mean, the director might come out and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. That makes no sense. Not that he listens. Guess what? This is our podcast. Oh my God. To me, that's what I think this story is 100%
0: true means is that
1: these are situations that women are put in frequently.
0: I like that. I hadn't thought about that. Mm -hmm. And so then she goes on to say, I don't know if we are going to live through the night. And so I was trying to explain to some people that I work with what this movie is about or like what happens to it without, you know, giving away a lot so that they could still watch it. Basically, what I told them was that it's a about these girls and their life that there are people in this town that get hacked and their information gets leaked and then it gets really bloody and violent Mm -hmm. which is basically kind of the trajectory that we go on
1: yeah it's definitely um just typical teenage girls kind of figuring it out I think that's the best way to put it and yeah it does take a really dark turn
0: yeah because it's not just all like action bam 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 you know, like my dad loves Steven Seagal movies and you know, there's like people blowing each other up and beating each other up all the time. This movie isn't like that. It's... Yeah, if
1: you like Steven Seagal, I don't know if you'd like this movie.
0: It's just kind of a, a story about these girls until it gets to that point and then it's just blood everywhere.
1: So much blood.
0: Kind of like your period.
1: Like a period.
0: It's like it's it's fine, it's not, and then blood.
1: It is a oh it's fine it's fine and then blood everywhere
0: and everyone's dead yeah sounds about right oh my god but anyway so we see Lily well it actually it opens with her boyfriend sticking his fingers in her mouth and videoing actually it.
1: it opens with a kid riding on his tricycle down the street and everyone's wearing fucking masks and it's really creepy that's true it is really creepy because people are
0: like watering their lawns
1: it reminds and masks. me because one tagline that this movie always gets is. Mean Girls meets The Purge. And granted, it might, I don't think any of these girls are mean girls, but the the teenage high school movie the teenage high school girl movie meets the purge. So yeah. think about that because I actually heard it um, described as clueless meets the purge and I, I tend to agree with that a little bit more because the situations and the um, issues that they're kind of up against until it starts getting really intense and crazy remind me more of clueless.
0: I see that a lot more than mean girls. I think maybe people go for mean girls because it's
1: I think producers were thinking what's going to make money and probably referencing mean girls before clueless makes sense because
0: mean girls is a little bit newer yeah
1: mean girls is the millennial clueless
0: yeah i guess i can see that little different topics yeah
1: yeah but like when i'm talking about like the teenage girl movie
0: so we see the scene with lily and she said oh no we're not going to start back that far because that's gross yeah i did some gross things so it shows her pulling up to her friend's Em and Sarah's house. And she goes in. She's talking to their mom, Nance. Can we just talk about it? the fact that their last name is Lacey?
1: And it's spelled the right way.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that until I was this second watch. And I had the subtitles on. And they said the Lacey sisters. And yeah, it's spelled the same way as your name.
1: Yeah, I shouldn't say the right way because there's no right way to spell Lacey. But it's spelled the way I spelled it. And it was really cool.
0: And so she walks in Nance says have you been crying and she goes no a boy was just sticking his fingers down my throat it's not as sexy as it sounds which is one of those times when I'm like even if I had done something like that I would never have told my friend's Mom, about it.
1: See, you and I had very different experiences. Granted, I never had anyone stick their fingers down my throat. Good, but that's germs. My best friend when I was 15 was a stripper. So I knew a lot of very, very interesting stories. And the lady I worked for at the time was friends with this person as well. And so she would come in and say things like that or try on things in the store and practice her dances. So to me, it wasn't anything weird because I had heard things like that or similar things before I had no idea Oh, okay we're learning things we are learning things well
0: you knew my best friend
1: when I was 15 was a stripper yeah I know but and I still love her she's a wonderful person we just lost
0: contact never in my imagination did I have any idea of like what she was talking to you about
1: well I also didn't tell anyone I didn't tell mom and dad and you that she was a stripper I don't think I've ever told mom and dad I think I told you later on I think
0: Mom knows.
1: Not that anything's wrong with it, but I know mom. I
0: think right. that would be... Well, definitely when you were a kid, that was. But I'm pretty sure that she knew at least, like, by the time you were 16.
1: Did, I I didn't know that she knew that. I did not I didn't know that I told I think her.
0: Maybe the. The lady who owned the shop I told her, or something. We knew.
1: Well, because it wasn't my, because even at 15, I knew that that wasn't my story to tell. I knew also that mom probably would not let me hang out with her if she knew that. So I don't think I would have told her that
0: because I like
1: loved this girl.
0: And I don't particularly like this word, but I feel like it does describe. I, I was a very prudish teenager.
1: I don't think you, I mean, it might have like been the same, like, category as prude but I don't think you were doing it because you were a prude. I think that's just who you were.
0: To give you all a picture of just how uncool I was. We were
1: homeschooled.
0: Because I thought it was immodest to wear shorts above your knees. I always wore like Bermuda shorts which are in style now.
1: Yeah you would be so on trend right now. I know. If you had your Bermuda shorts and like your, sh- your
0: shirts with the horses and the cats on it. I was a hipster before there were hipsters.
1: Like girls now are quaking at you in 2002 or whatever.
0: No, I think about some of the things I wore when I was a teenager and that I got rid of and I'm like, these things are 100% in style right now because at so that much. time it wasn't fashionable. Well,
1: no, because you got rid of it like five years ago and five years ago well, you wouldn't have even thought about that kind of stuff no I mean probably longer it's probably been like eight or yeah. something years
0: yeah it's been longer I think I did keep that one vest though that I really love hell yeah that had the sparkly horses on it god bless a sparkly horse yeah. anyway so back to this movie so Mayor Bartlett gets hacked all of his Photos, all of his everything gets sent to everybody in this town of Salem. And not only is it just his personal
1: information, but this guy ran on a campaign platform of family values, which I think most of us know in this day and age can be associated with homophobia and all of those terrible things that we have come to associate with conservatism.
0: Bex, one of the the four main girls in this group, she said that he ran on a platform against LGBTQ plus rights. Right. And then we come to find out that not only was he sleeping with other men, but he liked to wear women's lingerie. Yeah. He was doing it. Right. Fine. Fine for
1: him. Well it's it's fine in general but the thing was it's like he's doing these things while he's actively campaigning to keep the community that doesn't hide to keep them oppressed.
0: Right and also the fact that he's married to a woman who is not. a
1: Well yeah and like the,
0: the fact is it's like he built up this whole persona
1: and lived this lie while keeping this community disenfranchised.
0: So this goes out to everybody
1: so everyone knows his dirty
0: laundry forgive the pun so we have four main girls that this movie is about bex m lily and sarah and i didn't know this until lacy told me but m and sarah are sisters they're the lacy sisters yes and so they are at this party where they are all like pouring booze directly in their mouth from the bottles. And, and dancing and dancing. having a great time. Yeah. We find out that Lily is texting this guy called Daddy. Daddy. And we don't know who he is at this point. She's
1: texting Daddy.
0: But he wants her to send him some pictures. And she gets into a fight with her boyfriend.
1: Who's Bill Skarsgård. People like him. Like in a like a like ooh like you're hot kind of way.
0: He's not it is he? Yeah it's it. He's it. He's it. But so she gets into a fight with him and she goes and she hides in the bathroom and sends daddy some pictures. But she says they tell you if you are honest and you say what you feel you will get what you want. But the truth is, no one wants the real you. They want to pick and choose the parts of you. This smile, this laugh, this look. Oh, I don't want that bit. I don't want this bit. I only want those parts. Which I would say is a very fair assessment of life.
1: No, I think so too. Especially speaking for women. They want you to be pretty. They want you to be perfect. You can have some cute imperfections as long as it's marketable or... Not too
0: bad. Like manic pixie dream girl type things. Like you can... <laughs> I'm so quirky. You can be clumsy as long as you look like Jessica Alba. Yeah, exactly.
1: It is true. And I think that talks about our society a little bit. Because like you want to be clumsy, but also you're graceful. And you're beautiful, but also you don't take yourself too seriously. And you can laugh at things... But, you know, you're not you're not nerdy.
0: Right. Well, and then there's this big hype. And I don't know if this is other places in the world, but definitely like in America where, like the song, you don't know you're beautiful.
1: Oh, yeah. It's all about the pretty girl that doesn't know she's beautiful. But it only applies to pretty girls.
0: Right. It's up to the guy. To reveal to her just how beautiful she actually is.
1: Yeah, that can't be something she discovers on her own.
0: Or if you know that you're beautiful, or you feel that you're beautiful, and you act that way, then you're just stuck up or snobby, or you think too much of yourself. Yeah,
1: you're a haughty bitch,
0: which I'm haughty bitch.
1: A haughty
0: bitch. At this party, pretty much all of the girls are being used by a guy in some way. Mm-hmm. So Daddy is using Lily. Lily to get pictures. Lily's boyfriend is using her for sex or whatever it is that he wants. I don't know. I Fuck him. Um,
1: yeah, literally fuck him.
0: Bex hooks up with this guy, Diamond, that she has a big crush major fills for they both get something out of that but then at the end he's like oh but you're not going to tell anybody about this right Mm -hmm. and in the scene where she's just sitting there and there's just like these tears running down her Mm -hmm. face and she's just quietly crying is heartbreaking
1: Oh, yeah, because being a teenager and trying to navigate those really intense, difficult emotions that adults have trouble with, like, you can't help but feel for her.
0: And then M hooks up with somebody, too, and, like, all these girls, they're all
1: victims of the male gaze in some way.
0: Then we see them at school and there's a nice scene where they're walking. And- I love it when Bex is like,
1: I love this song. And they're walking and there's no music and they're like, what song? And she's like, this. And she snaps her fingers and all of a sudden this amazing song starts playing and they start strutting into their school.
0: Yeah, and it's a kind of a throwback to the movie Jawbreakers where there's a scene where they're just walking through the school. And a lot of the movies that have like a group of girls in them rip off this scene, it's which is ba- fine.
1: It's the bad bitch. It's like it's like I'm a bad bitch. I own these hallways. Bow.
0: Except in this one versus like in, in jawbreakers, they are like, I own this school. In this one, they do, but not in a mean way. Not like they're gonna knock other people down. They're just they are walking. They
1: just own themselves.
0: Yes, they own themselves.
1: Not the school, but themselves, their identity. Oh my god, this has one of your favorite parts that you talk about.
0: Oh yeah. So they're walking uh, and Bex sees Diamond there and she says, how can someone so inconsequential make you feel so inconsequential? I thought
1: that was because she saw Bella Thorne's character. Because Bella Thorne's character comes walking through.
0: Oh, I don't know. I thought it was because she saw Diamond. Maybe it's Diamond. But anyway, so they say... How can
1: someone so inconsequential make you feel so inconsequential?
0: Yeah. And then she's walking by and another guy who's there with diamond says looking- the
1: one with the really good bone structure yeah i
0: don't know what his name is. i don't know it doesn't matter it doesn't and he says looking good bex and she says what and he says looking good and she goes obviously
1: naturally
0: like yes yes you don't have to say thank you you don't have to say anything obviously I put a lot of work into looking this good why wouldn't I look this good
1: bow down no but you also left out our favorite lines yes yeah.
0: fuck fuck boys
1: fuck fuck boys which we totally misquoted on our Instagram yes that was, that was my fault but it's
0: Fuck, fuck, boys. Which is the name of our cocktail for this episode. Yes, and it's really good. I had a lot of them. Well, we tried two different varieties. We'll tell you all about them at the end. They're both good. Oh, but this is also the scene where Lily wears fatal attraction socks. And I love it.
1: I want that picture of her ankles crossed in the platforms with the socks. I want that picture to be like our cover photo for this
0: episode. Okay, I can do that. Cool. But she gets called to the principal's office because she is a very talented artist and she has done these drawings of naked women in what the principal says in pornographic poses. And so she has this really amazing monologue where she's explaining to him that this is real life. And he says, well, I don't think, you know, I think there are more things that are deserving of your talent. And she said... But no, this is real life to me. And she talks about how it's all about trying to get your body to look a certain way so that you'll be perfect. But then all it takes is one guy to say she's nasty or LOL. And then that just blows it all out of the water. Mm hmm. So to her, this is real life. And this is a credit to this guy as a principal that he doesn't just like go off on her. He's just like, uh, I'm not exactly sure what to say to that, but this is high school. I understand where you're coming from, but we got to keep this thing in a high school level. So. Well, he's, what does he say? He goes, when you're in school, there's things, certain things that you can and can't say. And so he lets her take her book and go. And then there is a big press conference for the mayor to go I guess address the townspeople about what's going on because they are very upset.
1: This is a very interesting shot too because it follows him because he gets out of the car he walks in it just follows him all the way down the hallway and he's banging his head on the wall going what did you do what did you do and then the camera follows him all the way onto the stage where he gives this press
0: conference. All he says is I didn't mean to hurt anyone and he pulls out a gun and shoots himself right there on stage in front of everybody and of course this goes viral with the hashtag fail could you imagine okay two
1: ways could you imagine could you imagine being a person that it was so scary and painful to be yourself that death seemed like a better option and could you imagine being the person
0: that puts fail attached to it like making light of it I can't imagine being the second person I can't really imagine being the first person either. I know what it's like to be a person that just wants to stop hurting. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what it's like to be so uncomfortable and upset with my life that I just want it to end. Also, I don't know what it would be like to make fun of somebody in that much pain. Yeah,
1: I have no sympathy for him. But also, I do think that there's like this... I mean, and it's a fake death, obviously. But if this were real, I don't think that death is something that should be made light of. It wouldn't be a a person that I would mourn because it's not like he was just hiding who he was. He was actively against who he was in some way, shape, or form by keeping the people like him and in that community that he could have been a part of, keeping them disenfranchised and wanting them to be kept second class citizens.
0: This is one of those parts where I wrote in my notes don't read the comments. Yeah because it it shows the comments that people wrote. And they're like, LOL. They were not nice. This is why I don't read a lot of comments unless other people are like, okay, this is a good one that you should read the comments for. But they're questioning the principal saying, maybe it's one of the students. I wanna know the people who use your computer lab. And the principal says, but if it was a student, wouldn't they be targeting me or one of the teachers? Why the mayor? And then he gets a phone call saying that his stuff has been leaked. and it's really personal stuff like
1: him and his wife going through a miscarriage. And the thing that is damning to the principal is that he has a picture of his five or six-year-old daughter in the bathtub and she doesn't have any clothes on. And people are saying
0: that it is child pornography. And that he's a pedophile. Which Lily questions. I mean, that that is a scary thing. That is something you have to be on the watch for these days because there are people that will take advantage of children. But also, having pictures of your children like in the bath or something isn't an uncommon thing I mean I don't know how many pictures our parents have of us running around naked when we were tiny tots. Probably
1: more me than you because even when you were little you were very modest. That's true. You've always been a modest I'm trying to think of a alliteration a modest Millie. I'm not quite a
0: never nude. A never nude. But but close. But this is was the time nude whereas you could have been uh almost a nudist <laughs> i was a nudist i fully was a nudist you were like be free be free let your freak flag fly lily's parents her mother played by the amazing betsy brandt who i did not recognize
1: did not recognize her
0: yeah they fully like brought out all the wrinkles and everything
1: they aged her so much
0: and i mean she's fantastic in this part i f- Honestly, everything I've seen her in, she's so good in. Oh, yeah. I really like the guy who plays her dad, too. I have no idea who he is. But they're at the table at dinner talking about how the principal is a pedophile. And she said, but nudity is not sexual. Just being naked isn't sexual in nature. It's people that make it sexual. And she said... There's a picture of me on the mantle when I was two when I was naked. Is that child pornography? And, of course, her parents don't want to listen to any of this. They're just like, yeah, yeah, you like to argue about that.
1: That reminded me of, like, talking with our parents sometime. It's like we make points, but they're not willing to hear them. And that was fully what this was because she made a decent argument, but because it didn't fit their narrative they weren't going to feed into it.
0: And one thing that I wrote in my notes about this movie is that when the principal is like talking to his wife and finding out about this hack that happened, it's intercut with this scenes of this party that's going on where these underage kids are drinking and all this stuff is going on that they would get in trouble for, but yet these grown people who just basically had their lives destroyed, they're doing frames where it's like three panels on the screen Mm -hmm. or cutting in between them and I don't know what it means exactly but it just it felt important to me and it was also very jarring like there's a lot in this movie that is very jarring Mm -hmm. it jumps between a lot of things or there's loud noises or you can't focus on like one thing it moves so
1: fast or there's so many things happening
0: around this time is when we find out that daddy is the dad of the the little girl that Lily used to babysit all the time.
1: Which you meet in the beginning, and is played by Joel McHale, who he does a great job in this role. You meet him through Lily very early in the movie, because um, Lily sees the daughter outside, and they have a brief interaction. And if you know the backstory of Lily and Daddy, then it's really creepy. But to the untrained eye, you would totally pass over it.
0: I didn't catch it the first time that I watched it, but the second time, it was just like, oh, you see it. Oh, it makes it's your so And so another quote I wrote down was Lily said 10% of the population is cruel, and 10% is kind, and the other 80% can be swayed either way. And this is around the time one of the girls had her nudes leaked by her best friend, and so she grabs a baseball bat and goes into cheerleading practice and whacks her best friend in the head with a baseball bat.
1: Yeah, that best friend was played by Bella Thorne, and the girl that killed her was Maud Apatow, which you will re- remember as Jed Abitau's daughter from
0: up. And Maude Apatow is also in Euphoria, starring Zendaya, that was created by this movie's writer and director Sam Levinson.
1: And I believe Bella Thorne and Zendaya started a Disney show together. That's right, they did. I can't re- remember what it was called. It was before my time
0: or there's, after my time. But there's a really there's so many American flags. In this movie, nationalism. There's this scene where she's standing there with the baseball bat on her shoulder in front of this giant American flag, and then it just turns upside down. And you see this upside down American flag with this silhouette of this upside down girl holding a baseball bat on her shoulder. Which
1: the symbolism behind an upside down American flag is the nation is in crisis. Like it's an emergency.
0: But Diamond also got hacked and he didn't come to school that day. And there is a scene of all of his friends shirtless and sweaty in the gym Mm -hmm. talking about how they need to go teach him a lesson.
1: Really quick. So displaying a U.S. flag upside down is a signal of dire distress in instances of extreme danger to life or property hmm. Hmm. symbolism but yeah so diamond doesn't come to school and all of his friends think they need to go beat the man into him i guess
0: because they're going on like diamond sub x dick we need to go teach him a lesson oh my god i don't know it's just very poignant to me that they were well they're all white mm-hmm. they're all shirtless mm-hmm. i think that's that fragile male ego
1: like embodiment of fragile male ego
0: yeah Hmm, interesting you needed a a picture of it yeah have we
1: mentioned that the character now it's not widely said they don't come out and say it but there are scenes that indicate that bex is trans so i think that they're also judging him based on that judging diamond
0: and so in this latest hat daddy's stuff also got leaked which there were lots and lots of pictures of Lily but she never put her face in them so it was just like her mouth and her body or videos but her face was never in it but her boyfriend Mark has put it together and he lures her into a locker room is telling her this and he's like do you have a birthmark on your back and she refuses to show him her back she's saying please no just stop
1: And he literally has guys waiting in the shadows to come hold her down, literally taking away her ownership of her body and turning her over to see if she has a birthmark.
0: Yeah, and then he takes photos and videos and he says, you've humiliated me, so I'm going to humiliate you. So he puts
1: all of her information on the internet as, I can't re- remember what they called her. It was something slut.
0: The, the slut of Salem or the whore of Salem. Something like that.
1: But he goes, you know, the slut of Salem is Lily, blah, blah, blah. And she lives here and put all of her information out on the web.
0: Yeah, of course, he never once stopped to think that maybe she was already humiliated.
1: Yeah, and I remember now, because when they're taking the pictures, he's telling the guys, turn her face so her face is in it.
0: Oh, Did you catch that? her face wasn't in
1: any of the pictures. So he wanted her face in it so that he could prove it was her. Ugh, oh, so It's so skeezy.
0: And so when she gets home that day, obviously this has been the worst day of her life. 18 years old, she walks in the door, and her parents are waiting in the living room for her they say we want to talk to you and she goes just please not right now and she goes up to her room and she's crying she's on
1: the verge of a breakdown
0: and her mom says i've spent 18 years raising you just tell me was it you was it you and just repeating over and over and she's like please stop don't please just just stop and And she's
1: begging her dad like please please don't make me don't make me do this and he's like just answer the question
0: And she finally does. And when she confirms, I think all she does is shake her head. Yeah, all
1: she does is kind of like mouth yes and shake her head.
0: And her mom physically drags her and throws her out of the door with no shoes on. Can you
1: imagine that?
0: And locks her out. And while she's banging on the door, crying begging her mother to let her back in, her mom just closes all the drapes and sits on the couch and just sits there listening to her begging
1: as does the dad and then the brothers in the kitchen giving two shits
0: yeah he's just drinking like a big slurp or something in his a big pajama slurp pants. a big
1: gulp yeah a big gulp <laughs> a big slurp <laughs> but yeah so her parents her family have turned her back on her because she was sexually expressive with her body maybe with the wrong person
0: they didn't even ask if she actually like had an enough- with the guy or anything they just asked if it was her in the pictures yeah because
1: she didn't have an affair all she did was send him some sexy pictures
0: and that's what she ends up telling bex is that nothing happened between them mm-hmm. other than the pictures yeah so they n- never even kissed or had an affair or anything it was
1: just pictures and some dirty talk over text but as she's walking to her friend's house because she's walking to M and sarah's house she's barefoot has no shoes you she know has
0: nothing no she has purse, shorts
1: Yeah, she has like her clothes, the clothes on her back, and she's walking. And these guys pull up in this car next to her and start harassing her when she won't give them the time of day and won't give into their questioning. They start calling her names and berating her and she takes off because it's just getting worse and worse. It just amplifies and it just starts getting worse and they start saying worse things to her. And so she's literally just trying to physically escape. So she runs into this person's backyard.
0: Well, and we see it, but she doesn't. The guy in the car pulls a knife out and is like, well, if you won't talk to me, then he jumps out of the car car and starts chasing her he runs around this corner and she bashes him in the head with a shovel
1: Yes. And this kid sees her do it and he's holding a frog. And I looked up and it said that the kid holding the frog is a callback to Pepe the frog on the internet. You know Pepe? Yeah. It's like that's a callback to Pepe. That
0: was a very large frog that the kid was holding.
1: Big old frog. But yeah, but I thought it was interesting because it was like the second that she was released as like the slut of Salem or whatever, those guys in that car felt like they had some kind of ownership or some kind of entitlement to her time and her body.
0: Or like... she should automatically sleep with them. Like she
1: has nothing else. She's, she's lost everything. So she should at least be nice to them because at least they're talking to her.
0: I don't know. It just made me really mad and I was super happy when she busted his face with that shuffle. Yeah, I
1: was fuming. But yeah, that was really, really delicious.
0: She's talking about how the government is literally doing nothing about this. There is nobody there to keep law and order.
1: So the town is literally just kind of turning into martial law.
0: There are these groups of people in masks they have guns they're just taking it upon themselves to like form these vigil anti groups and because there was a ton of people who had their stuff hacked and released yeah
1: so it's like people left and right like people are getting beat up people are getting accosted at the grocery store like they show kind of all of these things happening to these people as a result of these leaks like it's detrimental to this society and then the more leaks that happen the more society starts to fall apart and the more people lean into this extremism.
0: And one thing that I think is interesting is, well, I guess I'm not 100% certain, but I thought that the kid that's holding the frog is mm. the kid at the very beginning of the movie riding on his tricycle with the mask on.
1: It's possible, but we don't see the kid on the tricycle's
0: face. That's true. I don't know why I thought that was the same kid. It
1: could be. I mean, the town only has one kid. Only and it's, one child and allowed it's that, per town. Yeah, that it's that kid.
0: But there's this other guy, Marty is his name. Marty. And he's actually the one who forwarded all of the mayor's information. Oh
1: yeah, you see him briefly in the beginning.
0: And then you see him get interrogated by the police. There is this group that has grabbed him and... They're, they're torturing him. They're basically like waterboarding him. Because, to
1: get information out of yeah, him.
0: Yeah, they thought that he did it. And he says, no, he didn't do it. But he's monitoring the data that people in Salem have been using. And he noticed that the largest amount of data was coming from Lily's house. So they force him to make this video where he says that he approached Lily saying, why did you do this? And that she admitted that she did it and threatened to release all of his stuff if he didn't help her. So now the whole town is out to get Lily.
1: Yeah, and all of it's completely 100% fabricated.
0: Right, there's no proof at all to anything that he's saying.
1: No one needs proof. They just immediately are out for Lily and her friends. And they are the reason this town is falling apart. And they're the reason for all of this awfulness. And no one's held accountable for their actions. It's all being pinned on for teenage girls. And th- because three- Lily is I'm sorry to interrupt but Lily isn't the only one implicated it's all of her friends so it's anyone that she hangs out with is automatically guilty
0: even though there's nothing at all except by association with her friends
1: and no one else in the house is questioned which I thought was weird it's just automatically it's Lily it couldn't be her mom or her dad or anybody
0: yeah, it's like, oh, obviously she's the only person in her house who uses any data at all. Obviously. So she's gone to her friend M's house. All four of them are there, and they're wearing these amazing red leather or pleather Because they're watching the a movie, right? Yeah. And they have the coats. And the girls in the movie also have on red coats. They see this video that has been released. Lily calls her parents to tell them that she didn't do it, and M goes to set the alarms because they're all just... They're starting to freak out a little bit. They know that this is going to be bad and the alarm won't set because a door is open or a window is cracked and that's because all of these masked intruders are trying to break into this house. This is
1: probably one of the coolest, this is probably the coolest shot in the whole film and it's really disturbing but so masterfully done is it is just one long continuous shot looking through the different windows and parts of this house and seeing the girls walk around inside,
0: seeing all these masks. visual aunties on the outside yeah, the trying to get in. the whole scene is done from outside of the house. We don't see a perspective inside so everything's right. shot through the windows. So
1: like you're seeing the girls walk around in the house and you're seeing all of these masked men watching them.
0: And so they go and they like shut one door but then there's a window open somewhere else and so the alarm won't set because zone 6 isn't secure.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's really it's really intense watching because it definitely has that feeling of impending doom because you know the evil that's literally lurking outside. And for them, it's just kind of figurative.
0: Somebody grabs Sarah and they've got her... Their hand over her mouth so she can't scream, and then somebody grabs M. The Lazy Sisters, and then somebody comes after Lily, but Nance has who's been alerted. Who's played by the
1: the Nance, who's the mom, who like I don't think we've talked about her a lot. Fabulous, and she's played by Anika Noni Rose, who is also the voice of Princess Tiana and the Princess and the Frog. She also does the singing voice, so get with it. But yeah, so she's playing Nance.
0: She's fantastic. She doesn't have a lot. do but all of her scenes are just incredible she's so
1: memorable and and she to me she embodies what the spirit of a woman is it's well laura will tell you
0: well and the spirit of a mother yes in both senses of the word she has a gun and she takes down this guy that is after lily so lily's got blood like splattered all over her face it's so cool looking these other guys come after Nance and she takes them down. One of them gets her a belly shot.
1: Right. So she's injured. She's
0: crawling away. And M, who has been like tied up by her wrist. She's like zip
1: tied to the curtains or like the 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 window or something yeah
0: something she's you know screaming for her mom and sarah they've hogtied her and she's screaming for her mom yeah all
1: you can hear are these girls crying for their mom
0: and so she's crawling away because she's trying to get somewhere safe and so she's in the hallway and she stands up and this guy on the other side of the wall just starts shooting and gets her in the head and just the wails that Em has—I yeah. mean, she's just screaming, "Mommy!"
1: Yeah, it's really disturbing. It—it it makes you think about all of these mass shootings and things like that, and these people in these horrible warlike situations. And it really brings it home. And it's very sobering. Yeah, it's probably the most—it's one of the most sobering things that things that happens throughout the entire film. I would say this is like where that starts. It starts getting really real and it stops being entertaining and it starts just being
0: fucking scary. And just bloody. Bloody. Another one of my favorite scenes, you go Bex. Bex, I has sensed or seen or whatever, notices that something is going on and she drops down from the roof of the second story and tackles this guy into the swimming pool and just starts pumping him full of nails with a nail gun.
1: Yeah this is one of those scenes where it's because it's blue the water's blue and the lighting is blue and then as she's just mercilessly going after this guy just pumping him full of nails the water starts turning red. It is so gratifying.
0: So she she jumps out of the pool and sees that things are going really wrong. So she takes off. Lily is able to get out of there and she runs. They drag M and Sarah out and put them in the in cop car. In this
1: mob. Because it's not just putting them in a cop car. They're around this horde of people just like screaming savagely
0: at them. And the police officer.
1: Yeah. The police officers are in on it. They're like putting them in the back of the car. It's just this mob mentality and the police are in on it.
0: And they're like, we're going to kill you. And they're screaming, traitor, traitor. They're like, Lily, we're going to wait all night for you to come out. You can't hide from us forever. We're good people. And they just keep repeating, we're good people.
1: Yeah. They almost, it's almost chanting in a way. It's really creepy, but it kind of reminds me. It's like all of these like Facebook warriors and people that say things. It's like, oh, but we're good people or it's like how many times do you defend people that have these really horrible views about anyone that's different than them you're like oh but they're good people I don't know a lot spoke to me when they said that it's like why are you having to yell that
0: while bex is trying to find somebody to help her she gets picked up by this group of these high school guys well because
1: not only is she trying to find something to help her it's not just that she's banging on doors screaming begging pleading and there is someone in the house of this door that she's banging on and they see her and they back away and they let these masked men take her
0: it kind of reminds me of the story of this uh, person we knew in college. <gasps>
1: yeah. Who
0: was carjacked at a at gas gun station. At gunpoint. Yeah. Their car was taken at gunpoint, and they had stopped to get some gas. And these guys came up and pulled a gun on them, and their phone was in the car. They had nothing. They had nothing, and they took off. They actually shot at them. Mm -hmm. And so they ran across the street to this apartment complex and were knocking on doors, screaming, help me, help me, somebody help me. Nobody would open their door to let them in. But at least, thankfully, people did call the cops. Of course, they called the cops to complain about them, not to say, hey, somebody needs help. Right, but
1: no one was willing to help this person. And it does, it echoes that. It's like no one was willing to open the door for Bex. So
0: these... High school guys tie backs up in the back of their pickup. This to me is
1: the most disturbing part of this, of this whole movie because I remember seeing this in theaters and going, they cannot do this.
0: They're going to hang her over a lamppost. They're going to make Diamond do it, and he, you know, he's apologizing and saying he, he doesn't want to do it. Which he's I mean, like, "I'm so
1: sorry, I'm so sorry," and he's obviously been beat up. His face is all bruised, and he's like, "I'm so sorry." And he's putting the noose around her neck, and she's begging. And she's in the back of this pickup truck, begging for her life.
0: And then we cut over to Lily, who is who has run to Daddy's house, who is across the street from Em's house. Mm-hmm. and he lets her in and he's saying oh you're safe and he's you know he's being the good guy the he carries her. her
1: because she's like just so traumatized by everything and so despondent that he like carries her up and puts her on his daughter's bed in his daughter's room which is really creepy yeah. as it goes on everything he's doing starts becoming really really creepy
0: And he ends up pulling a knife on her.
1: And like running it up her body.
0: And so she does the only thing she can do, which is play into it. And is saying, does daddy want to kiss me? And things like that, which are super creepy. But it's like, it's survival. It's the only thing she can do. She's
1: playing into his fantasy because it's the only way she can stay alive. Because he is going to kill her.
0: And so she has these pointy fingernails and like drives it into the side of his eye while he's trying to make out with her yeah she runs to the bathroom and she's able to get his razor who is because there's someone
1: dead in the bathtub who is dead in the bathtub
0: I don't know because he says I didn't kill him but I thought it was his wife so I'm not sure who's dead in the bathtub but there is blood all over the bathroom yeah
1: the blood the bathroom is bloody and there's a Dead body in the bathtub, like Laura was saying, is able to fashion, like, this weapon out of a bar of soap and razors, which she cuts herself. Yeah. Really, it's, oh, it just made me cringe, but she cuts herself really badly at driving these razors into the bar of soap
0: yeah and he's saying I wasn't gonna hurt you while he's like beating down the door yeah um even though he had like put a knife in her mouth and you know all kinds of things that make a person feel really comfortable really safe as he attacks her she's able to get like this razor up and slits his throat so she's just drenched and he just bleeds out on her yeah yeah and then because there's blood all over the floor and then he's bleeding on top of her and she's got to like wriggle out from underneath him she's just red well
1: I remember when we watched this together I told you that Lily was probably one of my favorite favorite scream queens because it's not necessarily that she's like screaming bloody murder but the thing about a scream queen to me is they're a survivor and Lily is nothing but but a survivor. So it's like the whole kind of, especially Lillian and Bex to me are really great versions of Scream Queens.
0: And so she's able to get away and finds in his living room, like this blanket laid out with an, arsenal on it. And the American flag. And the American flag. But of course. And she decks herself out almost like Rambo style with samurai swords and guns and just all kinds of weapons.
1: Basically she takes all the weapons that were going to be used against her for her protection. And
0: she's able to rescue M and Sarah by shooting the cop. Because he gets out of the car and he's going to shoot her.
1: And she he's like, you won't shoot a cop. And, and she does. And she does. You will never cheerlead louder for a cop being shot well you might but i was cheering super loud because this guy but i I, yeah but just like right in the gut with a shotgun
0: they're able to get there just in time to save bex yeah because they're in the truck that they have bex in. they have
1: her she's on a truck bed with the noose around her neck And they're like spinning the tires, and just in my opinion, terrorizing her. It's like the the tires are spinning, but she doesn't know when they're going to move, and she's just screaming. And off in the distance, you see from the back, M, Sarah, and Lily, and they're coming to rescue her.
0: And they've handcuffed Diamond to like a storm drain or something, so he's yeah. They're gonna help.
1: They're gonna deal with him later, but first they're gonna take care of Bex.
0: And they just. Start shooting and these guys go to hide behind the truck and they just riddle this truck with bullets. And
1: I'm not one for violence or gun violence but this was a time that I was very much okay with it. Because they take nearly all of them out. It's down to two.
0: And they get one of the guys and the other one he's begging for his life. It's
1: the really good looking guy in the beginning, beginning that told Bex that she was looking good at school. Like he was the like biggest mastermind behind hanging her pretty much then he's begging for his life and for whatever reason she walks away and they don't kill him
0: yeah she's the one who makes the decision not to kill him
1: and and the other girls respect that
0: and so Lily makes this video just basically saying what's expected of women be a princess cross your legs open your legs be be, a
1: whore be a virgin
0: yeah be perfect but i guess basically like that saying like freaking the sheets but uh something lady of the streets, yeah type of thing like you have to be everything and everything to everybody but also not these things yes and so as they're walking down the street, all these other girls and women start to line up behind them. And
1: it's just this kind of army of women just amassing behind them as they walk.
0: These unmasked women.
1: Unmasked, unarmed
0: women. Walking up to this group of masked armed men yeah this
1: militia of people with full of masks all of these guns and just they're all walking up and facing them but the difference is is the women are facing them as themselves
0: and of course then we find out at the end who the hacker really was and it was lily's brother
1: yeah so there, are it's it's lily's parents in this interrogation room with a lawyer telling them like it's it's going to be you know a minimum life sentence for this the, for this kid, and they're like, "Why did you do it?" And he's like, "I don't know, bored, or for the lulls." For the lulls. That's what he said. For the lulls, which is a four chan thing. It's for the lols, just for fun. That's where it ends. So it's like literally what his sister was about to be
0: executed for.
1: Execute publicly executed for. He is treated with civil society rules,
0: right? And the only reason he did it was just because,
1: and it was just because just because for the laughs
0: yeah but real quick I just wanted to talk about the director and the writer Sam Levinson
1: who is just phenomenal we saw him at the ATX Film Festival and one of the most genuine speakers I've ever seen
0: yeah I really enjoyed hearing him and we got to see the premiere of the TV show Euphoria that he also created there and that was a really great show. Well I mean I say he created it was based on an Israeli show by the same name but he adapted it for American television. It's
1: not often that we'll cover something that's written and directed by a man but I think this film in particular just how female-centric it was and how focused it was on a woman's experience and journey. Well, and it was really quite remarkable actually that a man was able to direct something like that.
0: Well, he wrote it too. And Euphoria is the same way. It focuses on these two teenage girls and mm-hmm. that, Are dealing with addiction. He also dealt with addiction in his teenage years, but the fact that he is able to write such well rounded female characters is very impressive in this day and age when most men are like, but they're hot, right? Yeah,
1: they're like, they're going to shake their tits, right?
0: But he is the son of writer, director, and actor Barry Levinson. They're of Jewish descent, and I was looking at Barry Levinson, what he's directed and stuff. And this guy has directed so many things. I'm sure you've seen something that he directed. So Sam Levinson, he studied method acting for four years and he made his film debut in the 1992 film Toys with Robin Williams. Oh! Also with his brother, Jack. And then he appeared in the movie Bandits that his dad directed. I don't know. Have you ever seen that one? That's a great Bandits movie. Bandits with
1: um, Billy Bob Thornton. And
0: Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I've seen years ago. That's a great movie because while it is about the two guys, Kate Blanchett's character is a woman who owns her own sexuality mm-hmm. and chooses a life for herself. Like I could see us covering it in a bonus episode because it has really strong messages for women in it, even though the two main characters are guys.
1: So really well done female roles are a family trait, I guess. It seems to be, yeah.
0: He won the Waldo Salt Screenwriting Award at the Sundance Film Festival for his directorial debut, Another Happy Day, which starred Ellen Barkin. He co-wrote the 2017 TV movie, The Wizard of Lies, with his father, Barry Levinson. Oh, that's a movie about Bernie Madoff. And then in
1: 2018, he wrote and directed this film
0: yeah which premiered at Sundance yep
1: and then the next year it was Euphoria wow he's he's had a pretty good career yeah I really I appreciate his work I appreciate the characters that he's created because in this film in particular I saw myself so many times but not this cookie cutter Disney version of who people think women should be it felt real and true It felt like how women actually are. Which are multi-dimensional, dynamic, not always perfect characters.
0: We have more than one side.
1: Yes. We're like a diamond.
0: But this film had a lot of kind of mixed reviews about it.
1: I think that's because mostly men were reviewing it because most of the ones I've seen done by women love it.
0: It didn't do very well at the box office. It did not. Some of the reviews, Tomris Lafley from RogerEbert.com said, Like Assassination Nation itself, Lily clearly has a lot on her mind concerning our faux existence online. But neither she nor the miscalculated film that centers on her seems to have any clue as to how to grapple with critical thoughts in full-fledged statements. In that Assassination Nation serves more like a checklist of grave topics that exclusively speaks like Lily does in shallow buzzwords without giving any of its themes the depth they deserve. But yet, Wendy Idol at The Guardian says, a slick visual package that knowingly ping-pongs the audience between ironic distance and immersive ultraviolence. Assassination Nation also takes well-aimed pot shots at the patriarchy and the expectations placed upon young women by a jaded, content-hungry culture raised on Insta-porn imagery.
1: I think she gets it. And I think a lot of women get it because I think it is kind of a back-and-forth ping-pong match, if you will, of all these
0: things and you're expected to be all of these things and none of them all at once. That makes complete sense to me. Aisha Harris at the New York Times says, yet the final act of purge like bloodbath to the tune of vengeance is aesthetically arresting, including a masterfully suspenseful home invasion sequence as a town hunts for the offending hacker. Mr. Levinson mostly ditches the dissertation and renders the defamation and destruction of women's bodies and characters through over the top action. It is difficult to watch, but feels true to the spirit of the cultural climate in which women are routinely shamed and silenced for outspokenness or simply existing. 100%. Cause
1: that's what this film feels like to me. It, it feels like a visual representation of the emotional state women are put in and I think that's why I love it so much it also shows women reclaiming themselves doing what needs to be done to be themselves unapologetically
0: so while there's a lot of scenes in this that are really hard for me to watch the end where they just get to annihilate yeah makes me want to it's kind of like a lot of women said when they watched Wonder Woman for the first time just like annihilate the patriarchy
1: yeah this film for me when I saw it this is one of my favorite films I've seen in recent years it had so much in it that just it felt like a catharsis of everything I've been feeling in the last four years maybe unknowingly feeling much longer than that but that's what it felt like. It felt like I was seeing a visual representation of my rage being acted out on the screen.
0: And I just want to real quick talk about the costumer, Rachel Daner Best. Woo! I mean- Talk about Best. So there was an article on fashionista.com that I will post in the links. She was talking about the style of the show and how she, well, she handmade the red raincoats that they wear. So props to her for that. She was talking about how she fashioned each girl's style and the fact that there is a t-shirt that Lily wears that says, she loves me, she loves me. And then Mm -hmm. later, Bex wears that same Mm t-shirt. And it's a reflection of like, how much these two characters love each other. Yes
1: because even after I'm sorry to interrupt but even after they rescue Bex like the the first thing they do is the they're hugging and kissing each other telling each other how much they love each other. It's really beautiful
0: and how she gave each girl a distinct style but yet trying to keep it true to what people actually wear and like those amazing fatal attraction socks that Lily wears. To me it just felt like a
1: highly stylized teen movie.
0: Right which most most teen movies are highly stylized because most teenagers don't have the money to wear the type of clothes that right, but there they was, do in the movies.
1: but there was something in this that felt relatable.
0: More genuine than like Jawbreaker or even Mean Girls. Yeah,
1: well, it, it almost felt like a play on that. I don't know how to describe it.
0: I just wanted to mention her and how amazing I thought the costume design was in this.
1: No one's still my idea, but this is what I wanted my 2020 costume for Halloween
0: to be. Are you going to have the one with the two samurai swords? I kind of love
1: um, Bex in the one shot where she has the two guns and like the hair coming over her face. Like that feels more me.
0: You could do that. Your hair is long enough. Yeah. What grade would you give this? So
1: I know that this wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but it was completely mine. I would give this definitely an A. I think it speaks to a lot of the things that women are experiencing. A lot of things that maybe we don't know how to put words to. I think this movie puts words to those things beautifully. And like I said, it was a very cathartic experience watching it. It also felt really triumphant and validating. I think for the excellent characters, the really engaging story despite how bloody it was like it was super bloody but in a way I love that about it I would give this i A.
0: I'm not sure. I keep going back and forth because when I was thinking about it earlier today I was like this is probably a B movie for me. But now I don't know. Well what's your argument for a B? Because a lot of it isn't super relatable to me which I mean I don't have to relate to a movie but I also in some ways. It and it's totally fine if it's a B movie to you. But I'm I am I don't know if it is or not. I go back and forth because there are some parts that I really really love. Like I think the end is fantastic Mm-hmm. I think the beginning is fantastic. There's a bit in the middle, though, that's a bit harder for me, and it's kind of hard for me to watch. And What's hard for you? I guess maybe because I don't necessarily enjoy it. Right. Might be why it gets knocked down a little bit for me. Well,
1: I mean, that's okay, because, I mean, it's it's your grading system, and you're the only one one that can decide what that grading system is. So if, if enjoying it is paramount to you, then, yeah, it would be a B. So it's in... B-A,
0: A-B for me.
1: Because something for me, it was like sobering and really clarifying watching it. Like it's not fun to watch, but it feels, it feels important. So that's why it, it does bother me, but it's why I wouldn't downgrade it necessarily for that.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I have a feeling that this would be one of those movies that depending on the day.
1: Oh, this is my total like if PMS rage monster movie. Like not to f- feed into stereotypes, but like... I want to kill when I'm in that state of mind. Watching this is, is very nice.
0: So, you know, today it may be a B. Tomorrow it may be an A. Who knows? And
1: that's okay. Because you're a little bit of everything. All rolled into one. You're a bitch. You're a lover. You're a child. You're a mother. I can keep going. I'm a
0: sinner. I'm a saint.
1: You do not feel ashamed.
0: Actually, I don't.
1: You're your hell, you're your dream. You're nothing in between. And you wouldn't have it any other way. That was not Aladdin's Morissette. That was Meredith Brooks, but okay.
0: <laughs> thank you, guns and roses. Oh my God. <laughs> thank you, Eminem. Thank you, Black Sabbath. <laughs> thank you, Beatles.
1: <laughs> Meredith Brooks. Okay, thank you. It's like her one song. Like she has other songs, but like the one song you would know.
0: I love that song, but I don't know that I've ever heard her name before. That's
1: my karaoke song. Nice. That I've never sang at karaoke. But I'm going to. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm meaning to. One day you will.
1: One day I will. The first Fatal Femmes karaoke
0: yes. party. Okay, so what's your recommendation? You know this is coming every time. I know, and yet I forget it. I'm a
1: bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a ch- Oh, okay. So here are my two. You have two? I have two. Damn. So one is... Check out Euphoria. Amazing show. I haven't finished it myself, so this is also my call to action to finish it. The other movie I would suggest, it is not in the horror thriller genre, but it is equally satisfying, is Smart. I just
0: watched that for the first time. Book Smart feels like the spiritual comedy sister of this movie. Yeah, if nobody got killed at all, it was super nice to each other.
1: I mean, they aren't super nice to each other.
0: Well, the two main girls are really nice to each other until the end.
1: For the most part. Ooh! another really good one that we haven't covered and I want to is Ready or Not. Have you seen that? Yeah,
0: that was fun. I really liked that one. I mean,
1: it's a lot different, but just talking about a woman kind of reclaiming her power kind of deal and not just withering into a corner.
0: So Euphoria, we've
1: talked about Euphoria a lot. You can look it up. But Ready or Not is directed by Matt bettinelli and tyler gillett and it is written by guy busick and r murphy christopher not a lot of women but it is starring a woman her name is samara weaving but it is about a bride's wedding night that takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. There's that, again, not a lot of women attached to that, but it has some good women in the, in the actual movie, but not a lot behind the scenes.
0: There's some amazing female actors in that.
1: And then on the other hand, Smart, which is a comedy, it is directed by Olivia Wilde and it is written by Emily Halpern. Sarah Haskins, Suzanne Fogel, and Katie Silberman. So full women writing and directing crew. And the synopsis is on the eve of their graduation, two academic superstars and best friends realize that they should have worked less and played more. That
0: was a fun one. I just yeah. watched it for the first time. I think
1: I think I will. I'm going to go with the spiritual comedy sister, which is book smart to this movie.
0: My recommendation is Atomic Blonde from 2016. Again, not a lot of women behind the scenes on this one, but if you want to watch a lady kick some butt and like destroy some men, this is a good one. It stars Charlize Theron and James McAvoy. It was directed by David it and the screenplay was by Kurt Johnstad. It's based on a comic book called The Coldest City, and it, it's a spy action thriller. And she's a, a double agent, and she's going into Germany before the collapse of the Berlin Wall. And she just kicks a lot of butt, and it's awesome.
1: That one's sitting on my shelf that I need, and I need to watch it. So I'm
0: going with the the lady violence aspect.
1: Nice, we love some lady violence. That is uh, that's my. I, um, vote for if we ever need a second name. Ooh, I like Lady Violence. Lady Vi- Welcome to Lady Violence, a podcast about the women of mystery and violence
0: so as we promised here's our recipe for our signature cocktail called fuck fuck boys fuck the fuck boys or fuck fuck boys that's right so there is two ways that this drink can be
1: made based on your preference
0: so i preferred the vodka method where you do a shot of vodka two shots of a fruit punch of some sort yeah two to three shots a shot of a sparkling water or a Sprite or lemon lime soda. Some clear carbonated beverage. And in it, you drop some Sour Patch kids and you drown those fuck boys.
1: Yeah. So that was really good. And it definitely um, has a kick, if you know what I mean. And I also enjoyed the version that we made with whiskey because sister likes a whiskey punch so if you like something with a little bit of a whiskey kick also they drink whiskey in the movie um definitely add whiskey
0: to the so mix one part whiskey three parts fruit punch one part sparkling soda or water yeah
1: and definitely you can adjust that based on your taste preferences we found that less fruit punch made it taste more alcohol and while i want the benefit of the alcohol i don't want to like
0: necessarily taste all of it just use your best judgment also real quick we just wanted to plug our patreon we love doing this show but if you guys can help us out at all like our friends at the magic lantern say if what we do is beneficial to you consider supporting us we have levels starting at a dollar five dollars gets you our bonus episodes we've got a lot of really great bonus episodes coming up including all about Lacey where we do a 20 questions with Lacey all about me But we also have bonus episodes coming up about Knives Out. We're going to have some about our favorite Scream Queens, about favorite horror performances that should have been nominated for Academy Awards. Hey, hey, hey. And just a lot of other fun bonus episodes coming up. We talk about film festivals we've been to and things that we loved there. So consider supporting us. It would be really amazing. We love all of our already supporters and we love all of you who are thinking about supporting us.
1: And we will love you even more if you do. And we want to share more of our amazing content with you. I guess that's subjective, but I think it's amazing.
0: And it's important to think what you do is amazing.
1: That, that's a quote. It's important to think what you do is amazing. your legacy. Well, I think that about sums it up for this episode. Laura, what do you think?
0: Okay. I think so. Anything else you want to add? Nope. Okay.
1: Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. Yes. Don't get Corona. Yeah. Don't, don't get the corona. Go buy some corona beer. Don't get the coronavirus.
0: So, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, and avoid people. They suck. And corona beer has alcohol, so it will kill the germs. It also doesn't cause coronavirus. We've been just in case.
1: actively sanitizing our insides all day.
0: Yeah. Insides, outsides, everything. You almost sanitize the cat. So,
1: yeah, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fatal Femmes. Like us on Facebook at Fatal Femmes and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fatal Have a question or comment for the show? Shoot us an email at FatalFemmesPodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are now available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever podcatcher you use. Don't forget to leave us a rating while you're there if you like what you've heard, check out our Patreon page. We have different sponsorship levels with perks that will allow us to make more content and better quality episodes. We hope you enjoyed this episode, because if you didn't, the consequences could be fatal. Thanks for listening.